Welcome to another installment of the Weird Pastors Kid podcast. I am your host, Shelton Williams, and this episode this week will be just me. <laughs> yeah, you heard that right. Yeah, just me. Uh, there won't be any interviews in this episode this week. Um, and this episode, I think, will be a lot shorter than what you've been used to hearing. But I just wanted to catch up with you guys and just talk about a couple of things. Um, one thing I want to talk about today is I want to apologize for the last week's episode, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, I think. Um, then the reason why I want to apologize is because I edited too much of that podcast. Um, I honestly edited the podcast because I wanted to make everybody happy. I wanted to make people happy and not upset with the conversation that we had, but it was terrible. I should never have done that. And I know the issue of abortion is sensitive. However, this podcast is supposed to be a podcast that helps people think, to help to push the limits of things. And sometimes you're going to listen to an episode and you're going to be upset about it because I'm going to say some things or my guests are going to say some things that's going to make you mad or it's going to make you upset. But how are we ever going to push ideas or push, um, you know, what we believe if we're never really challenged. And because I never really was trying to challenge anything last episode, the episode I feel like was trash. I shouldn't have edited what I edited. I should have just had it. I shouldn't have edited so much. And so, um, so this episode, I want to talk about a couple of things. One thing I want to talk about, um, um, pretty heavy in this is just talking about, you know, my real thoughts about the issue of abortion. And so this episode, I know I'm going to offend, but that's not that's not the goal. But I need you to listen, pay attention. And I hope that what I say in this episode can challenge what you believe or challenge what you think. Um, I put out a um, Facebook post last week and the Facebook post was just asking people um, their thoughts about if a guest preacher came to their church. I know that guest preacher was coming. And the guest preacher, they found out that the guest preacher is pro-choice. Would that stop them from listening to what he has to say? Now, he's not going to be talking about his political beliefs, but he just wanted to, um, he's just preaching like a normal message. Would that stop you from listening? And many people in my comments were like, bruh, that's going to stop me from listening. But... The reason why, there's two reasons why I even put that post out. Two reasons. The one first reason is the episode, um, because the episode last week was about abortion, I wanted to have the conversation about abortion in people's minds. And hopefully, you know, they would um, be inclined to listen to the episode because we we're going to be talking about abortion. Um, that's one. Two. The reason why I brought up the episode is for the the only people that know about this are people that have been faithful listeners to the Weird Pastors Kid podcast from the very beginning. And if you are one of those people, you know that that Facebook status that I was talking about, the guest preacher coming to your short church being pro-choice, I was talking slightly about my story. I was talking about me because... I was that preacher. And you said, what? Shelton, 
Yeah, I, I said it right. You really you listening? So now I want you to perk up. Now I want you to to actually turn up the music in your headphones or turn up the music in your car. Are you? I know you out here working out right now. Listen to this podcast. Turn it up. Yeah, I just said it. All right. Now, some of you might sit back and say, "Oh, Shelton. Oh, I'm cutting this off. I can't believe you pro-choice." Um. But I wouldn't even use that term of being pro-choice because I think if I say I'm pro-choice, automatically there's going to be a large group of listeners that's going to be like, well, Shelton, I'm not going to listen to you because you're pro-choice, right? Um, and so I would not ever say I'm pro-choice. I've talked to my wife about it and other people, and no, I'm I'm not pro-choice. I believe, and you know, when when I have once I have a child and when I you know once my wife is pregnant, we will not have an abortion. That's not something that we. Um, believe over here okay i believe the you know the bible you know um leads to it leads us to think about um god's heart and god's heart is for us to see that you know you know baby as a life and not take that life and all that stuff that we can talk about you know on a deeper level however um there was i was being called i was asked to preach at a church at a youth rally and I was excited. I was like, okay, I'm about to preach. I had studied. I had prepared. Um, but there were some people who went and searched through my Twitter, listened to a, po- couple, a podcast called Podcast. And I had mentioned or I had said something about being pro-choice, um, which is the wrong wording. And I, and I wish um, the podcast episode is great and amazing. But I wish I had never had said I'm pro-choice um, because I don't, I don't think that's a good um way of of um explaining my belief system when it comes to abortion however because someone found those podcast episodes because someone went on my twitter saw some things i tweeted about abortion um they told the preacher that had invited me they said listen if he preaches i'm not i'm making sure that my teens won't come and so because of that i was um my uh invitation got taken away um because of that so for so for a lot of you guys, when I so I, I did for two reasons. One, it was my story. Um because and so we're gonna talk about that a little bit more here today, but I'm just confused. And and let me say this. This episode is gonna be me asking questions. And what you if you want to, you can talk to me, sit back, talk to me privately. But let's go ask some questions when it comes to this issue about abortion. Let me say one. One why do you have pro-life as your profile picture? I know, I know, I know for some of you and for some of us, being pro-life is a lifestyle, okay? You have got to let the entire world know that you are pro-life. But I have to ask, why do you do it? 90% of the people on your Facebook are conservatives and I think the only reason why you do it is for some likes. It's because all this does is let people know that you're part of the pro-life club. And because I'm not really a part of pro-life club, I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm like, that I'm not, I'm not the president of the club. Some of y'all are like, man, I'm kicking you out because you, I'm kicking you out. Cause I got kicked out. I got kicked out of the evangelical stuff the, the because I don't, 
I see things differently. I, I sit back and I, you know what I mean? And so, and even when I say I see things differently, that people going to be like, well, what do you think? Do you not believe in Jesus? Yeah, of course. Some of you guys have done listen to this podcast episode, have heard me preach, and you know that I believe the word of God. But yet, because someone thought, hey, he must be, you know, for this, or he must be for abor- abortion, or for the, you made some assumptions and say, boop, we're not going to have you preach at our conference. But some of you guys are are willing right now to cancel me because you're part of cancel culture, you, you you evangelicals, you Christians, you're part of cancel culture when you get to the part of saying, because of what you believe or because of what this, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to talk with you. Now, but let's rephrase them. Going back to the person with their pro-life picture, their pro-life, okay? They pro-life, really pro-life, okay? All you want to do is let people know that you're part of the pro-life club. You part of it. You got your high fives. You got your likes. You got everything. Your heart heart emojis now on, on the Facebook. But it serves no real purpose. Nobody who sees your profile picture going to be like, Hey, I saw they pro-life pic. I don't want to have an abortion no more. Nah, bro. Like, it, 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 that, that's not going to be what's going to happen. Okay, and what I find is that the issue of abortion has made so many people one issue voters. Yes, you are a one issue voter and you sit back. Yeah, turn this up. You can turn it off now because some of y'all are mad at me right now. But because of abortion, you become a one issue voter. That's it. You would literally vote against your own interests. As long as the person that you repping says that they're pro-life. And you see that because you literally voted for a pseudo-Christian who cheated on his pregnant wife with a porn star. So, so, so hold on, hold on. Let's rewind this for a second. You care so much about the pregnancy, about the baby, about the life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me ask you, do you care about some other stuff? You care that you that this man had an affair. You care about all this other stuff. I mean, morality doesn't mean anything. So what Bill Clinton did in office, you can't sit back. I can find your Facebooks, of some of you guys, and how you guys condemned Bill Clinton for what he was doing and and while he was president. But now, now you sit back and you lowered your moral standards now because Donald Trump says he's pro life. So hey, he's pro life. I don't care that he cheated on his wife, his pregnant wife, by the way. With a porn star. Nah, I don't care about that. I will proudly vote for him just because he says he's pro-life. And I literally believe he would have said anything to get your vote. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going there today. I am going there. Are you ready for it? See, I think I should do a skip, okay, about how I literally can run. I can be present on just being pro-life. What is your... Um, what do you care about the issues? I'm pro-life. Okay, I mean that's great and all, but um, um, but what do you you know care about you know your economic status and and what what do you say about all this other stuff? I'm pro-life. No, I I, I get that. No, we understand you're pro-life, but you know, what do you you know care about you know um the the opioid e- epidemic and everything else that's going on? I'm pro-life. And literally, someone could literally say I'm pro-life all the way to the White House because that's all. Hey. That's all you really need. Run on pro-life. You good. 
but you're a one issue voter and you are proud of it. Whew. Uh, I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? And some of y'all be like, yes, you're wrong, Shelton. And, or some of you right now are sitting back and, are, and thinking, well, at least it's better than Hillary. I didn't even bring up Hillary. Get Hillary out your mind. I'm just saying that you voted for one issue. One issue. And I'm and I'm gonna show proof of that right after this short break. Welcome back to the Weird Passes Kid Podcast. And I told you guys that I could prove that a lot of you guys were just one issue voters. Yeah, I can prove it. There was a couple, there's a, so many different articles that you can go to to talk about it. But this article came out last year. And it says the polling data shows Republicans turned out for Trump in 2016 because of the Supreme Court. Hmm. This is how the article starts off. One of the most underappreciated reasons that Donald Trump won the 2016 election was voters motiv- motivated by a vacancy on the Supreme Court. One in five voters told CNN in an exit poll that the Supreme Court was one reason they had cast a ballot. Of the voters who said it was the most important factor in their decision, 56% voted for Trump. Now, we can talk about this in a little bit more detail. I mean, of course, I don't really need to fight this with, with many of my listeners. Y'all know this is true. You voted for Trump because of the Supreme Court. Now, some of you guys said, well, I mean, that's the Supreme Court, Shelton. Um, that has nothing to do with abortion um, at all. Uh, what, what are you talking about, Shelton? Um, you said you can prove that we are one issue voters. I'm glad you said that. All right. Among the Supreme Court issues that push voters toward Trump. I'm still reading the article, by the way. Abortion. In June 2016, Trump met with evangelical Christian leaders in New York, and Trump told the group that his potential Supreme Court nominees will be great intellects, talented men at at what they do, and women. Got to add that and women there because you don't want people to think he is sexist. All right. But let's rewind that. Let me read. I'm sorry. Sorry. I need to just read the article and stop adding my own two cents. All right. Let me read. Trump told the group that his potential Supreme Court nominees will be great intellects, talented men at what they do, and women, but also be pro-life. If Hillary gets in, we know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to end up being in a different country, a Venezuela. No. Okay, okay. Uh, He says a a Venezuela. Okay. Um, You know, so I want you to think about this. He he basically was telling people, don't vote for Hillary. Okay? Um, Because... Um, you know, you don't, you don't want her to vote. You don't want, you know, to vote for Hillary. I mean, come on guys, you vote for Hillary and we're just going to have all these abortion issues and we're just going to have abortion, all these abortion stuff. What in the world is going on? Well, um, in Venezuela, uh, you do know it's currently illegal except in some specific cases, but it's illegal to have an abortion in Venezuela. I'm just, I'm just saying, but, but you know what? That's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. He didn't, he probably didn't know that. Okay. He probably didn't know that or understand that. So I'm just going to let that go. However, let me read the article and finish it up. 
That remark, though, what he said about that and, and about Hillary and all that, had a powerful impact on pro-life groups. Now, Marjorie, um, I'm going to mess up her last name, but it goes Marjorie Dena Felser, president of the Susan B. Anthony List, an organization opposed to legalize abortion, told NBC News when he said several times today, pro-life Supreme Court justice. That's the first time I've ever heard a candidate use those words together in one sentence. The article continues, that was a major shift for Dana Felser, who had earlier that year joined other anti-abortion activists and fiercely rejecting comments Trump made arguing that women who had abortions should be punished. So that was a major shift for her. But the reason why many people voted for Trump was because of abortion. That was their main reason. That's the only reason why. But I have to ask you this question. What really has voting for Donald Trump and the Supreme Court justice and all this other stuff that you voted? Okay, what's what what's the fruit of that really? I mean, I didn't I didn't see much fruit when so many of um you the many of the people that voted for Donald Trump because of abortion got really upset about the abortion laws that happened in New York. The abortion laws that happened in Virginia. I'm just saying that um, I don't think that helped that much, right? Um, however, let's talk about those laws. I saw a lot of misinformation, right, going on about the laws in New York and in Virginia. People saying that it's now perfectly legal to kill a baby up to birth. Yeah, I saw I saw those little Facebook comments and Facebook messages and 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 I know I should not be using Facebook as um a means on this podcast, but I just wanna just wanna talk about it. Alright. Um people that are very upset about it. People said there's nothing less than sickening and heartbreaking, especially as I sit here holding my babies. Well, um, so many conservatives voted for Donald Trump, and I shouldn't be saying this in a condescending tone. I'm sorry about that. I, sh- I just thought about that. But let's think about this for a second, though. You voted for Donald Trump because of the issue of abortion. New York comes here, passes this law, okay, and which made many of you, many people upset, okay? Many, many people upset about this. Hey, man, you can kill a child up to up to a poor, up to, up to when it's born. What in the world is going on? Um, but that's not what the abortion law is in general. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the New York abortion laws, okay? Now. Previously, before this law came about, women in New York could only get abortion after 24 weeks of pregnancy if their lives were threatened. Okay, so if the lives of the woman was threatened in any way, that's the only way that they can have they could have had an abortion. Right. Um, But under the new law, women can also get an abortion after 24 weeks if their health is threatened or the fetus isn't viable. Okay. So those are the two reasons for it to being after 
24 weeks. All right. Now, um, before this ruling, many people that were in the state of New York, if they had um, an issue with their abortion, their fetus wasn't viable, they had to go to a different state to get necessary medical care. Right. After the 24 weeks. OK, I'm um, reading an article. So some of this language and stuff I'm saying is reading what this article is saying. All right. Now, many people are upset about this. Like, what in the world after 24 weeks? What's going on? Um, and because a lot of these people are saying, man, you you are um, making it to where people are. are it's legal to kill this, you know, a baby or kill it, you know, kill uh, the, you know, the fetus after a certain point. Um, people sharing on Facebook that um, I, this one thing someone posted on Facebook, which is wrong information. They said, I was born at 1205. And this is the text that's read over a smiling baby. I was born at 1205 in New York. It is now perfectly legal to murder me at 1204. Now, this is completely inaccurate. Okay. But many people on my Facebook and other people shared this misinformation on their news feed. Right. Is the post correct that women can get abortions the minute before a baby could be born? No, completely inaccurate. OK, um, abortions are not performed at 40 weeks on healthy, viable pregnancies. All right. Doctors have said overwhelmingly abortions that occur at this point in pregnancy are pregnancies where lethal fetal animalities have been animalities. I'm, I'm saying that wrong. But anyways, you know what I'm saying, have been diagnosed. So it's very, very small chances. Right. Um, now, third trimester abortion accounts, which a lot of people have been talking about, are far less than one percent of abortions. One percent. The Guttmacher uh, Institute, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this stuff wrong, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. It finds that slightly more than 1% of abortions are performed at 21 weeks or later. I want you to understand that. Slightly more than 1% of abortions are performed at 21 weeks or later. In um in 2015, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that 1.3% of abortions happen at 21 weeks gestation or later. 1.3%. Okay? So, one, these laws that are going on are not what you think, right? But I know for some of you that are listening to this, you have a question. Well, then what does it mean for a baby to not be viable, right? That's a good question, okay? So it's a great, excellent question, all right? How is a viable or non-viable pregnancy diagnosed, okay? So let's look at the definitions of this. So a non-viable pregnancy, let's talk about that. Now, from a clinical perspective, let's just go do the contrast. A viable pregnancy is one in which the baby can be born and have a reasonable chance of survival. By contrast, a non-viable pregnancy is one in which the fetus or baby has no chance of being born alive. 
Now, the definitions are ultimately designed to prevent determination of a pregnancy if, in fact, there are any reasonable measures to ensure the baby's survival. Now, you're going to ask a very good, good question, though, okay? This interpretation, is it kind of, you know, what constitutes this reasonable, right? And who is the one de- defining all these things, okay? So let's let's break some of this stuff down. So from a diagnostic perspective, all right, give me one second here. From a diagnostic perspective, non-viable does not mean a little chance, but it literally means when, some, when it says um, a fetus is non-viable, what it means is it has no chance of survival. Not, oh, it has a little chance of survival. No, no. From a diagnostic perspective, non-viable means that it has no chance of survival. So the common reasons for a non-viable pregnancy, let's, I'm going to go read some of those to you. You have the molar pregnancy in which a fertilized egg incapable of survival implants in the uterus. An ectopic pregnancy in which the fertilized egg implants outside of the uterus. A chemical pregnancy in which an egg is fertilized but never implants in the uterus. And an embryonic gestation, also known as a blighted ovum, in which the pregnancy stops growing after the gestational sac forms. And I'm reading this kind of fast. If you guys want to go and look at what I'm reading, it's on verywellfamily.com. Okay, and I might put some of these links in the um, description for this podcast, just so that when you guys are listening, you guys kind of know, you know, the articles that I'm reading from. Also, um, another part, something that's non-viable is a pregnancy in which the baby no longer has a heartbeat. Okay, a congenital defect, which makes survival impossible and also being born too prematurely to be able to survive. Now, in terms of premature birth, most hospitals in the United States look at viability from the perspective of when a preemie has at least some chance of surviving. Technically speaking, the line is drawn roughly around the 24th week of gestation. Now, statistically speaking, 80% of babies born at 26 weeks and 90% born at 27 weeks do survive although they often face an extended stay in the neonatal intensive care unit, the NICU, and that number drops dramatically if the child is born before 26 weeks, okay? So I'm telling you, I'm, I'm showing all this to you is to let you know that the law that, that so many people you know, are fighting or upset about is not as bad as you were thinking it, 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 it was, okay? It's not this, oh my soul, they're going to, you can kill a baby all the way up to birth, that's that's not how, you know, that, that commercial from Geico, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, okay? And that's true. But yet so many people were sharing that Facebook post. Oh, my soul, they're going to kill, you can kill your baby all the way up to where it's born. And so they're, they're, they're just sharing this misinformation. Um, and, and there's a, a, you know, a quote from someone I listened to. He says, nobody believes the truth when the lie is more entertaining. Let's let's talk about it. Nah, nah. This who cares about the truth? And so many people that are not listening to my podcast that are super conservative, they firmly believe this misinformation that hey, you can just go ahead and so. But no one believes the truth because that that lie is more entertaining. It makes me say, hey, I got, I got, I got. this is why I can't stand the Democrats. This is why I got to vote Republican. And so you have all this misinformation that is that is being put out there. And that's not 
accurate. Okay, it's not truthful to what um, is reality. Okay, and so that's I'm, I'm and, and so what I'm trying to figure out, and this is the question that I propose: Why are you a one-issue voter? Because one, you voted for someone that 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 believes you know you know what you believe or, or who says that he believes what you believe when it comes to being pro-life. However, the abortion laws in New York still happen. The abortion laws in Virginia still happens, and so all these things still happen under him. And so I want to ask, like, okay, what was the fruit of voting for this guy? Okay, and maybe you sit back and say, well, you know, I'm not a one inch voter. Uh, The economy or some other many, many Republicans, many people that I talk to, the only reason why they voted for Donald Trump has to do some way with abortion. But I'm just asking a question. Now, we'll say this. There were some laws that happened underneath um, the Trump administration um, where Iowa, um, they had, and I just have to be honest about everything. I'm not going to sit back here and, and lie to you guys. That's not what I'm what I'm here to do. But um, Iowa sit, sit back and it had a law that um, after a heartbeat is detected, that they banned abortion after that, okay? So you could sit back and say that, or Ohio, they passed a bill. Um, you have... Um, Georgia that passed, you know, like more stricter, make restricting people from having abortion. So maybe you can sit back and point to that and say, well, there, Shelton, there. But I mean, I'm just saying that I don't think that who you voting, who you're voting for in the presidential election. Um, I don't believe abortion should be the one issue that you vote on. Um, but that's just me. I mean, you can sit back and say you will, but I'm just saying that there are other issues out there, and you need to. And I and I really think that more people need to think about not just being just one issue voter, man. I just don't think that's 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 right. And what I find very interesting about um, this pro life argument or um, forcing people or trying to make you know abortion completely wiped away and go away is there's a part of it that simply believes that women aren't smart enough to make the right decision. So it's like, you know what? You ain't going to make the right decision about an abortion. So, hey, I'm going to take this from you. You aren't smart enough to make the right choice. So I'm going to take this choice away from you because you don't know how to handle it. And I just feel like, man, and, and, and some of you guys are, well, I don't see it like that. Well, that's simply what it is, because just because something is legal doesn't mean that someone has to do it. Right. So just because something is legal doesn't mean like, oh, you know, what I mean, uh, you know, and so I just don't I don't think that's um, that's just something I'm thinking about, just something to put out there. I'm just throwing it out there. This is a podcast. I'm throwing out and seeing what sticks. But I just, you know, want you to think about, you know, think on that. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm just saying things here for you guys to think about. Um, But also when it comes to being pro-choice, man, this is what I find interesting is I firmly believe that, you know what, you know, I'm not going to have, you know, me and my wife, we, you know, when we start, you know, start to have kids, when she's pregnant, there's no... There's no concept in our mind. There's no, there's nothing in our mind that are saying that, hey, we want to, you know, we'll go have an abortion because it's not the right timing or whatever. That's not even in our mindset. Um, However, I find it interesting that 
people that are pro-life or, you know, whatever you fall in the political spectrum or whatever you fall in this, in, in what you believe, it's like you believe that God wants to force people to do what what you believe is the right thing. So I firmly believe that Christians want the government to do what God has called us to do. God has not called us to, to do things by force or called us to like force things people down people's throat. But I believe that, you know, that God has called us to persuade, to persuade people to be um, a Christian. You know, um, what did a, a King Agrippa say? He, he told Paul, he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And I think that it's about persuasion more than it's about legislation. Ooh, that's a bar. Let's say, let me say it again. I believe it's about persuasion and not about legislation. And I feel like because we care so much about this, like we demonize people and we um, demonize the women that have an abortion or we think about abortion. We demonize the people that are pro-choice. Like we demonize so many different people and say, hey, I don't want to listen to you because you're pro-choice. I don't want you. And I just feel like it's just so crazy that we do stuff like that. But, you know, that's why I believe that God is a, is a, is a pro-choice God. And when I mean pro-choice, I'm not just talking about this concept of um, abortion uh, or, wh- or where you stand on that. Um, I had someone, when I put up that um, topic about abortion, that saw things kind of sim- very similarly to way to way I see things. And I don't know if they would like me to say their name on the podcast, so I won't. But they mentioned something in, my, in the comments and they said this. He says, I believe abortion is a sin. And I also more firmly believe that God is pro-choice. He gives us the choice to love him. He gives us the choice to sin. That's why his unconditional love is so incredible. Now, he says, I realize it doesn't answer your question. And actually, it really did. But hopefully this reminds people of God's amazing pro-choice nature. So, and I firmly agree with that. God, I feel like God wants us to want to, like God wants um, the people that are in that situation to choose life, to choose to to um to not have an abortion, um you know and and let's be honest. There's a lot of people, and we're gonna be. And the thing is, I gotta be honest with this. There's a lot of people that are just having an abortion, just because they're being selfish. It's not the right timing for them. They don't want to have an abortion. They shouldn't have had it then. So it's not, a lot of people aren't having an abortion because of rape or, I should say, oh, oh man, take the whole sentence out. I might edit that whole thing. But there is a group of people who have an abortion just because they don't want to have the consequences that comes with having a sexual lifestyle. And they just don't want to have the responsibility. Not everybody that is having an abortion is having an abortion because it, it threatens their life or they're having an abortion because they're they're a victim of rape or they're having an abortion because of incest or they're having an abortion um, um, because of of um, the baby or the fetus being um, non-viable. If we're honest, there's a lot of people that want to have an abortion um, just because it's ruining their life right now. You know, they don't see a child as a blessing from God. They see a child as a burden. Um, and that is something that we got to talk about and we got to deal with. Um, however, I believe that 
that sometimes we gotta we gotta let people choose God, choose the right thing. You know, just because you know, I would hate it for our government to be this quote unquote Christian nation where you're not allowed to be Muslim, you're not allowed to be um, anything else, but you can only be a Christian. So we have all these people that are fake Christians or are 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 love the Christian culture, but aren't really true believers. I don't. I, I I love it that it's separate. I love that you can, if you um, if you um are a Muslim, you can be a Muslim. You can be um a Mormon. You can be all these other things. And the reason why I like that is because we as Christians can persuade people that are that at one point they chose this, but through the power of the Holy Spirit and our and our persuasion, that God can use us to lead them um to to know who God is. So um, that's just what I've been thinking about this whole abortion thing at large. And I really think that we've got to get to a point of just thinking outside the box or thinking differently when it comes to different things. Um, but yeah, so definitely want you guys to really think on that. I'm going to take one more quick break and then we'll, and then we'll get on to something else. All right, guys. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. And what I want to, to end this episode with is just to, to let you guys know, I am on the lookout for a co-host. Yes. Uh, yep. 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 I am. And I'm really getting tired, I can say, of of just trying to find someone to interview, to get them on the podcast. I just want to have someone who's a co-host, who can be, um, who is okay with recording weekly. Um, try to, I try to record on Saturdays um, for uh, people that, that want to know. So if you are somebody that would like to be the permanent co-host of the Weird Pastors Kid podcast, please let me know. I need someone that is energetic, that 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 um, knows things about um, politics and things of that nature, who is um, who's okay with us talking about um, just different things that are happening in the in the culture at large. Okay, so we're not just only going to talk about church culture, but we're going to talk about just pop culture and things of that nature as well, and putting a spin on it, either a godly perspective or a funny perspective um, about life. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm looking for. And someone that's okay with podcasting like weekly or even like bi-weekly. Um, I think it's time for me to get a co-host to where it's not just me. You guys listen to each and every week, me and a random guest, me and a random guest. I want to do something a little bit different. Um, but as always, if you listen to this podcast and you're saying, boy, this guy is weird. You're absolutely right. If you listen to the podcast and said, yes, this guy is really a pastor's kid, you're absolutely correct as well. This is the Weird Pastor's Kid Podcast. Thank you for listening.